Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Building a Bridge. My name is Jesse Brisenline. My name is Jared Countess, and our mission is to empower people to use their voice to build a bridge beyond race relations, creating unity and understanding, effectively raising the collective consciousness of humanity. Last time we talked about the evolution of dueling between 1775 and 2021. We looked at misplaced emotions remembering you don't know what you don't know, and asking the question, is America on the right track? And this week, Jared, what are we going to dive into? Uh, we're going to talk about being on the right track. We're going to talk about um, how how the world is evolving. We're going to talk about how, how we're co- becoming more connected, not just through technology, but in terms of sports and entertainment um, and, and just kind of what that means and there's some crazy statements some people have made about you know um the expansion of sports and entertainment uh so i apologize to all you guys who are not sports fans but uh maybe you'll find some talking material from this uh, conversation you'll learn something about what's going on in in the wide world of sports today and uh, how it's making the world you know more connected and uh more divided at the same time I'm I'm excited to dive in, Jared. Do you want to kick us off? Because you had you were even telling me about what was going on that was catching your eye, and and I'll give the disclaimer too. I'm not I'm not much of a sports fan. I'm familiar with a lot of sports from being an avid fan back in the the '90s, and then I started protesting when they started protesting, and so now my my sports is I'm a pretty. If you want to talk professional wrestling, I could talk all day. I, I, I'm, I'm jumping on board whenever the World Cup rolls around, but that's about the extent of it. So I, I'm excited to dive into this with you. All right. Well, well, one of the subjects that we're going to talk about is like World Cup related. So I don't know if you guys know this, but soccer is by far the biggest sport in the world, right? If you look at like worldwide sports, right? Not his here in America, but, you know, sport that's big in, you know, Japan, Italy, the Middle East, you know, England, France, all that stuff. Soccer's it, right? Soccer is Africa. Soccer is the is the sport. Um, and so, but one of the new sports that is emerging, it's not a new sport, but it's really emerging on the world scene now. It's like there are truly gifted, talented, skilled, right, players all around the world is basketball, right? And, and so uh, we're gonna get to we're gonna get to baseball so whole tiny, but we'll talk about basketball first because you said World Cup, and so uh, you know basketball has you know like World Cup type things too, right? And um, so like Australia has a team that's pretty good. Um, Argentina's team won the gold medal at the Olympics um, at the previous Olympics. You know um, Italy's getting better. Um, there are some teams in Africa, Nigeria is really good. They just beat the USA. So anyway, so the USA lost like their first two exhibition matches in workups to the Olympics, right? And I don't know if you guys know this, the USA is supposed to dominate basketball worldwide, right? And, um, and so, but that's changing. That's changing as people around the world get more into the sport. Right. And so uh, I think a lot of people know about, you know, bat- European basketball. You hear about guys leave America to go play pro, pro in Europe. Right. Um, 
you know, people don't know the Australian Basketball League is really good now. And uh, our best, probably our best player under the best player in the NBA under the age of 22 is probably, you know, Luka Doncic. And he's from what, Slovenia or Slovakia or. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, you know, you get, you, you, it's, it's the sport is, the sport's becoming global. You know what I mean? And that's why, to me, that's when the sport really becomes global. When you can pick a person from people from different countries and they're like, you know, arguably in the best in the world conversation. Mm. Yeah. Like yeah. all the people in the best in the world conversation coming from America. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so now basketball is growing to a point where, you know, you got Giannis Akutupo, <laughs> who is, who is, from Nigerian, but from Greece, <laughs> right? You have uh, Ben Simmons, who is Australian, but also American, right? You a little bit of, you know, and so it's like, you have all these people from, you know, all around the world who are, you know, great at this American sport. Mm. And I think it's, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome for, you know, everything. It's awesome for the sport. It's awesome for connectivity between, you know, people. Because, I mean, hell, we still, as Americans, we still get arguments about with, you know, Europeans about what real football is, right? It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like, and I, I wonder too, Jared, to that point, is, is, is that also contributes to some of the reason that the USA is losing in, in basketball? I remember I just finished reading tribal tribal leadership for the second time. And they basically break down the, the tiers of tribes and corporate culture. And they actually use the example of the, I think it was in the night. So let's see, you had the 92, 96, 2000. So it'd have been the 2000, 2000 dream iteration of the dream team. So the 92, the 1992 dream team, which was the first year that the USA fielded professional basketball players was comprised of, of Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, John Stockton, Carl Malone, Clyde Drexler, David Robinson, Chris Mullen, Christian Leitner, Charles Barkley, uh, Patrick Ewing, and then I'm, I'm blanking on the – oh, Scotty Pippen. Those are the 12 that were fielded out there. Christian Leitner was the only, the only collegiate player to participate. And before that, it had been on college players. And as Jared was saying, you know, basketball is a new sport. I think Dr. Naismith created it in the 40s, somewhere in there. And, and obviously when the USA went to, to play anybody else, they were winning all the games by 30, 40 points. The closest game was probably 30 points. And that was when they, they put the, the subs in. <laughs> and it was really more of an expedition of the dominance of American basketball. And then in 96, they didn't have those, that same group of people, but still very talented. Well, in 2000, they lost. They didn't win the gold medal. And the argument was at the time was is that the team was uber talented. I mean, it was stacked, but you had a bunch of what they were saying in the tribal leadership is you had a bunch of type three people in the tribal system, which is basically look how great I am competing against type four teams, which is look how great we are. And basketball, I think is really one of those sports. That it's, 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 one of the ultimate, if not the ultimate team sport, because you could be a Michael Jordan, a Larry Bird, a LeBron James and completely dominate in certain scenarios. 
But what makes that domination possible is the other four guys on the floor and how they're moving, interacting, and, and, and spacing and creating opportunities for you to dominate. And it makes me wonder now, is, has the world's stage evolved where now you have these superstar players that are coming out from these different pockets, but they're coming up in a more, I don't know if it's a more humble system. And in that humility, it, 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 it fosters an innate more of a, a teamwork and team sense. Whereas kids who are growing up in America, are they still growing up and they're seeing the, the spotlight in the, and the opportunities and the financial gain and the stats and, and whatnot. And does that make them still play on that space? And then the other models of basketball have evolved so that they're just more, more team oriented and you have people competing. I, I wonder what, where all these pieces are, because I, I can't believe that. And they lost two. And then I think the third game, they barely eked out a win. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, and then, they they and then they ended up dominating the next game. They were, they dominated one of their recent uh, their recent. Um, I'm about to tell you in a second. <laughs> so fancy Here we go. I'll tell you in a second. So the basketball World Cup is. Well, it starts next. That's next year. That's women. The women's basketball court World Cup. Sorry, I was looking up what happened. Yes, recently between USA. Here we go. Boom! 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 Where's that? Ah! You know, I think you're. We need, we need a. We need a. Uh, we need a. Uh, a third person. <laughs> well, I think, Jared, to your point. It really is so incredible to see sport catching on around the world because it's, it can be if we allow it to be another way to build bridges of really connecting to this humanness of us and removing some of these, these other things that we use to create polarity, but has a, as a piece to create unity because it's an instant conversational piece, right? Like we may not be able to relate over politics, but we can all appreciate what it's like to watch, you know, Kevin Durant dunk a basketball or something like that. So so sport is is a great way for people to connect and compete because it's uh they lost to Australia most recently. So again. All right, anyway. <laughs> oh, so they lost again. They lost again. So, so there's three three losses in one win? Yes. Yes. Oh. yes. Yeah. But um and Australia's best player is like it comes off Joe Ingles comes off the bench for uh for the Mavericks. Does he come off the bench for the Mavericks? Ingles, he plays for who's he play for? Utah. Plays for Utah Jazz. Anyway. Let, let, let's just let's just be clear about this right now, why we're on basketball. Because you and I, this will be something we can agree on in basketball. If our boys Larry Bird and Michael Jordan were on those teams. This this would never happen. Oh no! Hell no! Hell no! Hell no! Yeah, and you know what? I'm gonna be honest. I, I'll give it. If your boy Michael Jordan was on the team, this never happened. <laughs> I'll just I'll just give it. That. And Larry Bird will will it too. But I know Michael Jordan would be like, oh, this is this is that this never happened. This yeah, is unacceptable. Not happening. 
no, no, no. And and uh, even though Col- I think Colby was on the team that he that lost. Yeah, I think in two thousand they lost in two thousand four. Two thousand four, I know they lost for sure. That was the LeBron year. Oh, so I think maybe they lost and they they lose two thousand two thousand four, then they won two thousand eight because I feel like there was a couple of years they, they lost. They won 2008-2012, the last Olympics, Argentina won. But it's weird because somewhere in there went from like a four-year, they had like a two-year like spin to like the yeah. Somewhere in there is like a two-year spin. But um, hmm? Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, but um, no, it's uh, – shoot. Yeah. It, oh, man, I forgot what I was going to say. I'm like – Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. I forgot what I was going to say. I was going to say something about the uh, about about who's on the team and about what you're talking about in terms of like playing, you know, team basketball versus all star player. You know, I am I'm going to take over the game kind of basketball isolation, blah, 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 blah. I think so. I think one of the big issues is I think we know how to play team basketball. I do think we're one of the best at it, but I think the the one of the issues is that right now on the world stage in basketball, everybody, all of the world teams, with the exception of the U.S. team, they all play together. Mm. So that's what they, you know what I mean? They 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 play together, right? And so, um, way more than we do, practice together, play together. And so what we get is a collection of superstars and individuals and we just throw them on the team and hope the talent's going to win out. Whereas these guys, like you're saying, they play team basketball. Do you think, Jared, too, I'm just curious, this just popped in my head. Do you think, too, that any of the, any of our political social discord that goes on in the U.S. factors into it? Like, I'm thinking, you know, 20 years ago, I felt like it was it was something of great pride and honor that people held and revered to be able to represent the United States. And it seems like this these past several years, uh, we've really gotten a public narrative of, you know, how the U.S. is bad. It's broken. It, it's you know, there's so much conflict with it. I saw that there was a lady who was qualifying for the trials. And when she was standing on the podium, she turned in and looked away from the flag. And, and so I'm wondering if that comes in where people just their their heart isn't in it to play to represent the country like it used to be you know if that comes in where maybe some of these other smaller countries or other nations that don't have maybe the same dialogues that we have going in our public they have a sense of a greater sense of urgency to represent their country i don't know you know i i can't because i mean some of the same stuff was happening in the sixties and seventies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, most at, especially on that level, most athletes compete to win. You know what I mean? On that, you know what I mean? It, it, yeah, I, think, I, think, I think one of the issues with basketball is those guys do not take it seriously. They just, they're, they're just, they, they don't. Right. And like you said, um, it's a it's a team sport as opposed to individual sport, and so they can put the blame on somebody else. Yeah, if that makes any kind of sense. So, 
I think they saw prey to that. But I do think it's a good metaphor there, right? In terms of like, um, you know, the the value of communication and getting along and playing as a unit and cooperation and building bridges, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how it can improve your ability to 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 win. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's a uh, that is a. Uh, a good little analogy there but um should we shift to baseball now oh yeah let's shift to baseball baseball is gonna be fun guys so we're not gonna be over here a lot so, so what we were talking about in baseball is this guy named sohei otani who is a japanese guy who is the fucking probably the best baseball player so far that we've ever seen right now this is what he looks like this guy is you guys don't know what pitching stats if you know pitching stats he's got like a 2.65 era like uh what 26 strikeouts 27 strikeouts 87 87 87 strikeouts he had he had uh i think his his win-loss record was four and one i think his era was 3.7 and he had 87 strikeouts i think that's so crazy with 33 home runs. With 33 home runs. So he's on pace to hit. It's the halfway point. He's on pace to hit 60-something home runs, guys. As a pitcher. As a pitcher. He's a pitcher who is leading the fucking entire MLB, Major League Baseball, in home runs. And I think two, almost 300 batting average. Just, just to, just for folks who may not be as versed in baseball, and this is coming from somebody who's not overly versed in baseball, but again, I was, I was a pretty avid sports fan growing up as a kid. Traditionally, for the last number of years in baseball, pitchers would never bat. They'd either have a, a, a DH, a designated hitter, hit for them, or they would do some sort of bunting, you know, sacrifice bunt or try to bunt and and leg it out to get to first base. So to have a, a pitcher that hits like this, I mean, you had Babe Ruth, who really wasn't a pitcher, but he would pitch and he could hit. And that's over, you know, what, 90, 100 years ago. So there hasn't been a, a phenomenon like this and in the modern-day modern baseball ever, I think. No, no, and never. And, and Babe Ruth started, he became, he started, he started in Major League Baseball as a pitcher. And then, and he sometimes hit, right? So they they were like, he only had like eight home runs his first year in the league, mm. right? Because he was a pitcher, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I think he maybe had like 14 in the second year or something like that. But then when he went to the Yankees, he only pitched like three games ever. And mm. after that, yeah. he was a hitter, yeah. <laughs> right? And so there's never been anybody that they let do both, let alone what's the best at both on any single one team. And, and the guy, he he throws, he pitches right-handed, and he bats left-handed too. Yeah, well, right? super. Yeah, crazy. some. Yeah, it's it's just like I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch with my strong arm, and I'm gonna bat however's the most advantageous for me, right? <laughs> and so it's, it's it, I mean he's he's a he's a freaking he's a freak. He's a freak. And it's just, but it's super cool because, like, even in baseball, I mean, 
you know, we had a couple years where Pujols was arguably, you know, the best player in baseball, right? And he's Dominican, I think. Yeah, I think so. Then we have Mike Trout, who's the best player in baseball. He's American, right? <laughs> and and now we got uh, – and I think it might have been a player or two in between there. Um, well, you had uh, – I think A-Rod is Dominican. Uh-huh. Was it? A-Rod is Dominican. There was a guy who played for the Dodgers. I don't know if he still does a few years ago. I think he was Cuban, maybe. Or I think I know who you're talking about. But he, he, I don't think anybody considers him the best player in the league. I think I know who you're talking about. But he's really good. Yeah. But yeah, but like uh, and so and so now you got this guy, Soho Atani. Soho Atani. Anyway, Stephen A. Smith made some statements, called him bad for the game. I got shout out to Wesley for for bringing that to my attention. Called him back for the game because he doesn't speak. He needs an interpreter during his press conferences, press conferences, conferences, and he doesn't need. Uh, and baseball doesn't need that, right? He needs to learn how to speak English. This is it's American sport, and et cetera, et cetera. And he's going to turn people off for the game, and it's like. Everybody got on this guy. Dude, I don't know if you guys ever heard of this guy, Stephen A. Smith, but he was like super audacious. He makes crazy statements. The worst thing to hear him talk about is fighting because he knows nothing about boxing or MMA. But uh, he's just, he's an entertainer disguised as a sports analyst. <laughs> and so uh, it was like this big deal, him making these statements. And, um, uh, yeah, it's 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 super crazy, man. Is 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 uh, almost everybody came at him and said they feel the opposite way, but I just want to talk about how the fact that two of American two American sports, baseball and basketball, you could make a really solid argument. We are no longer the best in the world at those two sports, which goes to show you that more of the world <laughs> is getting involved in those two sports, these two sports. Or I wouldn't say no longer the best in the world. I think collectively we still have the best players in both, right? The majority of the best players in both. Maybe not baseball. South America is pretty gangster when it comes to baseball. But uh but um but it's just it's just uh it's just pretty cool to see that two sports that, you know, basically were invented in America or, you know, by Americans or Canadians. I think basketball was invented by a Canadian. Um, I don't know. No, he was from Indiana. Yeah, Dr. James Naismith. Yeah, okay, you know it. <laughs> yeah. Jared, I, I just, this question popped up and I have to ask it. No. If, if Stephen A. Smith was a white guy and made that statement, do you think he'd still have a job? Ooh, you would switch the conversation back to that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I feel like you know, we we got it, we got it, we got it, we got it. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. I'm gonna keep it 100 with you, man. Yeah, I, I don't either. Don't think a white guy could get away with that statement, uh, right? Right now, no, hell no, hell no. That's like when uh, my favorite. Okay. My one of my favorite sports commentators is a guy named Colin Cowherd, right? So he got 
he ended up leaving, I think it was ESPN, after he made a statement about Dominican players having what he felt were like certain genetic advantages over, uh, you know, American players. <laughs> and, he, and he got crucified for that. I don't think he necessarily, he didn't necessarily get fired. He ended up leaving. Um, but oh man, he got smashed. He got smashed for it. And um, but if he said that, I, I do think if Stephen if Stephen A was white, oh man, I I don't know. He might not lose his job, but I do think it would be bigger news. How about that? Yeah, he he might not get fired directly, but he might be strongly encouraged to step down from his position, followed up by a statement. Because don't forget, Disney owns ESPN. Yeah. So might be followed up by statement with especially with disney being the parent company about we don't tolerate this etc 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 i think it would be more than than it is and it's, okay. it's yeah it's an interesting thing to think and and i want to remind me i want to well I, I just i don't really have anything else to say about that other than that i just want to ask you because i was curious what you thought because i feel like i wonder what the group thinks Cause I I I, yeah. I think I think I think you're right. I do right, and and, and it's something I would I, I I don't say I would hate to. I, I almost dislike agreeing with you on it, or like you know. But dude, but, I I feel you on that too. It's it's a shitty thing to have to agree on because I think it's 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 there's there's double standards on all sides. Oh right? my god, yes. And, and that's the thing. It's like we we either need to allow people to have their opinions and not get overly offended by that and just take the person as they are and, and we can look at them but we don't have to call them uh, you know is Stephen A. Smith being racist when he's saying that I, I don't think so I don't think that's probably his intent he's probably saying it to stir the pot and and everything else too but I think if the situation was reversed that person would be labeled as making racist statements if and, and all these types of things and because the the race word gets used then they're losing their job they're losing the credibility everything else and i think that there's double standards and so it's something as a society that we have to i think evolve to instead of policing people's words we need to show up in other ways and where it's just not watch these guys not entertain them not listen to them you know really take a stand for that or embrace that people are just going to say stuff they have their opinion and we can choose whether or not to listen or, or acknowledge them which is where this leads into the next thing i wanted to ask you jared you mentioned mma so last week or last weekend conor mcgregor fought in the title or the main event and it ends in controversy he ends up breaking his ankle goes down now conor mcgregor has escalated over the years with his trash talk and he's talking about uh killing this guy's the guy he's fighting about killing his family about you know doing stuff with his wife so here he is in defeat on the ground still jawing at the guy saying stuff about your wife's in my dms i'm gonna kill your family these types of things where's the line between trash talking and elevating the sport versus not and then i think the, the second piece of that is too is kind of with the Stephen a smith do we become part of the problem and fuel it if we keep tuning in to watch Conor McGregor's fights? Do we enable the behavior? Yeah, you you know what's what's crazy? Like that's the that's the that's the ugly piece, right? Like we, I think we, 
I think I, I said this a couple podcasts ago, right? Or, or, or we've talked about it a lot, right? Um, people have to not be, we, we, we can't buy into the drama as much, but we're so genetically geared to buy into that stuff. We're so, to, to, to be drawn to it, right? To be, to, to be suckered in by, by the controversial statements. So, I mean, like, Conor McGregor, ah, Conor McGregor's not somebody I could ever hang with. He's not somebody I could, like, be around 24-7. I just don't deal well with those type of personalities. But Conor McGregor is entertaining as heck. He just is. When he was on the floor with his ankle broken, still yelling and cursing and all that stuff at this, I was just like, this guy's freaking crazy, man. I was just like, I just, I can't, I can't help it. I just, I, and I know, and I was just like, and it's audacious and I, and whatever, but I'm, I'm gonna be honest, man. I, I, uh, I, I'll t- I'll tune in for that, especially in the realm of fighting. Like, and 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 it's it is this like one on one thing. The bigger the stage is, in terms of like the so I don't like it as much when I hear it from like a, a Donald Trump. But I understand why people like it, right? The kind of brass, audacious. You know they really care and they need people's attention, but everything they say and do it says I don't care. What the hell you think of me? <laughs> and it's just, you just, I, I just, I, I, I dig in. I dig in, especially, especially like I said, fighting like Conor McGregor. Like I like Mike Tyson to this day. And he's like, I'll eat your children. I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> Wait, get up. Right. And so, you know, you just, I still, I, I still love it. I still, you know, enjoy it. So, uh, it's cool, man. It's cool. Man, I, I appreciate so much what you said because it's like I, I there's this there is this fascination with McGregor where there's a part of me that hears that coming out and I'm thinking, you know, where do we draw the line with trash talking, right? Like especially because the guy he fought, uh, what's his name? Daniel Poirier Poirier Dustin, Dustin Poirier. was so much more gentlemanly about it. Like I, I would I would never say that. I hope he goes home to his family and they're all healthy and safe, you know, something to that effect. But the spectacle of watching Conor McGregor on the ground with his ankle dangling and still going, still jawing, still like just so focused and intense. I'm like, holy hell, like, how is that even humanly possible? And then he hit and then he has the surgery and he's back on Instagram posting about, you know, like the confidence or the focus level of that guy is just in something else. You can't even tell he's medicated if he even is. He just had a surgery where he's got his ankle surgically modified. He's got screws, rods, and he's on Instagram saying, we'll be back to surgery when excellent. Things are fantastic on crutches for six weeks. Then we'll be back to training, back at it. And I'm just like, wow, that is, that is another level of focus and psychological just toughness. Yes, right. You, right? You, know, you you have to like. Yes, you have to. It's, it's admirable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is that he says are disgusting and audacious. Yes. Right. The other parts of it is like wow. Yeah. Like wow. Right. And and, and so it's it's and you know and we. You know there are people we love to hate, right? 
I, I will honestly tell you, I don't fucking hate Conor McGregor. I like Conor McGregor. I do. I do. I do. And, and, and maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know who I am as a person. My favorite Ninja Turtle was Raphael because he was a bit of an asshole. I knew you were right? going to say that. <laughs> as soon as you said Ninja Turtle, you said, oh, he's going to say Raphael. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. He was an asshole, a crybaby, and a bit of a whiner. But he was, uh, you know, I just, you know, I, I can't, I, 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 I don't, I don't know if that's my personality type or not, but I like it. I just do. I just do. I, who, I like it. Huh. who is your second, Donatello? Uh, maybe so. It definitely wasn't Leo. Leonardo was not, was not. And then, yeah, probably. So it was Donatello. Yep, it was Raphael. Then it was, if I had to think of if I had number two, Donatello. Because Michelangelo, I don't like, I don't like people to make jokes all the time. Like constant joking is not my thing. Like if you're like every five minutes you got to make a joke or say something funny, it, it gets old to me real quick. So, <laughs> so I can't. My buddy's favorite was Michelangelo. I can't stand Michelangelo. And then uh, and, and Leonardo, you know, he just did what he was told too much for me. I just can't dig on that. Can't. I love it. All right. all right. Anyway, that's that's it. We're at our time. We ran the gamut today. So I, yeah, I think what Jared was saying, just to echo that, we'd love to hear you all weigh in on the Stephen A. Smith. Would it have been a different scenario if he was, if he was a white guy or, or something else? But what do you think about basketball? If you have an opinion on um, the world stage and the evolution of this sport becoming more globalized, is it good for, is it good for the world overall? What are your comments on it? And then if you have anything to weigh in on Conor McGregor and some of the audacious comments that sometimes people in sports make, is it good for the game? Is it bad for the game? Uh, do you see different sides of it depending on how you're focusing on it? And uh, who's your favorite Ninja Turtle, of course? That's probably the most important question we asked today. Jared oh, is always... Oh, dude. So, you know, it's funny is as a kid, I was Michelangelo's and Leonardo. No way. Yeah. Because I because because I'd love the nunchucks, but I think as I've grown up, I you know, I, I would definitely be more well, and I I shouldn't let me say this. I've also gotten to see different evolutions of how that they're portrayed in different movies or different shows, right? And I recently watched one of the more newer iterations of the Ninja Turtles. It was animated, but I think it came out in the last several years. And Leonardo had been, had left and he was living in South America or something like that for a number uh -huh. of years going, you, did you see this one? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And, and he like, you know, going through and trying to find himself and trying to become and develop himself as a better leader. Raphael was still throwing temper tantrums and marching off and, and causing <laughs> problems. <laughs> and so I, you know, watching that, like, I, I feel like I can relate more with, that version of Leonardo because it's uh -huh. like he's he's pursuing this path of self-betterment. Yeah. And and he's really trying to do it for the for the betterment of the team, I think, too, yeah. uh -huh. in the overall mission. Yeah. 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 I, I do I did like that version of Leo a little bit better. Yeah, I did too. I did. I did like that version of Leo a little bit better. Um uh, and I still I still like Raph. 
I'm, you know, I was a temper tantrum kid, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and and all of my and my and my good friends growing up were all Michelangelo or Leo Leo people too, so it's it's okay, it's all right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, okay. All good right, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. All right.